Blog Talk Radio. The True Israelites, with your host, the Seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Until the other we will get something going on by 
you can find that young line that's up and coming to teach out of Camp One called Brother Titus Israel, the Royal. See if we bring him in and see if we can get something going on. So when you meet that young up and coming teacher called Brother Titus Israel, allow a voice to say, Brother Titus Israel, Yahweh be there, see right. Yahweh bless you there, see Israel. Oh, seed royal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young man. Well, we all touched on some pretty good things yesterday. I got a lot of memos in on it, and we want to continue a little bit on it. Because yes, one thing sir. about yes. it. Yes, sir. Uh, also, I have my better half with me as well. Hallelujah. All right. Sister Judas, all right, that's what we're talking about. So, Sister Judas, Yahweh beat you that sea right. Yahweh bless you, sir. Israel of sea royal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you know, I, you know, I, I, I like that. Now, see, that's what sea like. He likes to see, you know, Bible on a Bible thing. See, yeah, I, I like that. Because I know one thing, if Yahweh don't, Gonna step in. We must, especially when we in leadership, we gotta reflect the Bible. Then once we reflect the Bible, then Yahweh gonna open the floodgates up. That's that's the whole that's the only hold hold up. And Yahweh saying, okay, let me um let me let me see what I got written in this Bible. Let me see that you understand some things. That's a great thing. So, Sister Judas, y'all probably be with you. And I, I, I like the spirit you got on you. And that's a great thing. So, we're going to bring our hell in. and tell you all about the broadcast. All about this broadcast on tape number 69. Then we'll piggyback off the elder. So, there's um, no broadcast tomorrow now. But you can catch the young live on Pal Talk. Young lads will be on there at 8 o'clock sharp, and they're going to rehearse the righteous act tomorrow. But on this broadcast, no broadcast tomorrow. Back on here Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Don't bring our elder in and tell you all about the broadcast and everything you can know, and then we'll piggyback on what he put on the table. So when you meet our elder, elder Mr. Till, Israel from the tribe of Judah, we'll say, elder Mr. Till. Yankwa be there, see right. And Yankwa bless you there. I see it as well. I see you well. Hallelujah. Yankwa. Hallelujah. One thing we know, the foxtail have been lit and the curtain have went up. And, and we come on this broadcast and not to edify ourselves, but we've been chosen to, to help the 12 tribes of Israel. We're not anti anybody. But we know the 12 tribes of Israel got a, a lot to understand that have been hid from them, and we try to bring it back to their attention. That's in the Bible. If you want this man to come back and get in your life, you got to reflect what he got written, showing you that you was going to go into captivity for disobedience. But he also told you he was coming out of captivity by coming back to the law, statutes, and commandments. So, Elder, Mr. Tim, whatever Almighty I'm put on you for take 69, such a time, and the flow is yours. We're going to drink a little herbal tea and eat a couple of grapes. 
and hear what you got to go on trade for take on 69. Come on. Once again, Yaqua bless you, see Israel, and thank you for bringing me into the cast, a uh, large cast of uh, people that's attending our ministry tonight. And it's a great pleasure to be among those many people that want to listen to the righteous words of Yahweh. And that's always a good thing. Because I always say the more listening, the more Yahweh's word will get out to the right people. Because we do know, we have to remember, the non-righteous job is to lead you astray. And this is what they usually do. They try to lead you astray because they know that you're learning Yahweh's word. But this is why we really help guide you through these dark times of bad teaching and loud bump the gums for righteous learning and Christianity. We welcome and thank all of you for attending another live broadcast of Yahweh's ministry that comes to your eye and open to you always with new and exciting topics from the King James Bible, which we've been often questioned about. How can you guys get this much information out of this one book? Well, it comes from connecting the books, the words of Yahweh. Your health, foods that you should eat and keep in the Sabbath days. And we don't want to leave out also rehearsing righteous acts. This is the information that you came to seek and have to look no further. You've now found that in the voices of the true Israelites, tribe of God job. They're open unto you from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the days of Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And like the senior said, no class on Tuesday. But we do have a Sabbath class. And the top part of Sabbath is Friday. That class time starts at 7.30 to 10.30. And the bottom part of the Sabbath we have is Saturday. And we have a temple class that starts at 12 p.m. And an online class that starts at 2 to 5 p.m. Until the temple members desire to leave. We also have a website address. To use this, open up any search and right on that search line, type tribeyada.com. And after you click enter, once again, the tribeyada.com dash Israelites, where this will take you to a big line where you'll see choices. One will be tiresome off. Click pay bell and follow the instructions. Any other device, you might see menu. But again, after clicking this, you'll still see the choices. And doing so, remember what it tells all of us that reads the book of Psalms, chapter 96, verse 7, and verse number 8. 7 says, Give unto the Aqua, or you kindle to the people. Give unto the Aqua, glory and strength. Eight, give unto the Aqua the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come unto his courts. Now, I always remind everyone that when you're doing this, to remember that Yaqua loves the cheerful giver. And also donations to this ministry is greatly appreciated. That you give according to the Bible scriptures that are mentioned in the book of Leviticus, chapter 20. Seven verse number, and once again mentioned in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, verse number 9. This is done to keep this ministry bringing you blessings. Also for building a school, a banquet hall, radio station, and land to grow the health foods we continue to speak of on this program. Also while there, don't forget to check our calendar. It's there to keep you, your family, and friends in tune with the Bible feast days that come to us throughout the year. We also have a live program, which is a feature available during our broadcast time. 
To get there, just type in three words, Yaqua Radio Live. And after clicking on the Voices of the Trizolites, Tribe of Yadav, click the red live button as soon as this appears. It'll put you right into our live online broadcast. We even have a few numbers you can call with Yaqua in mind. The first is our live conference room number, which is 319-527-6065. The other number is 224-600-5579, which is our international number, where you can call and leave those messages on that you may have questions on, which can be answered by any one of the fiction on accounts of Yaqua's ministry. But also in saying that, do not call this number trying to teach. I'll have to remind you, I want to hear the storage and click, followed by a dial tone. Also, by calling this number, you can order what our members know as the 12 programs via the 12 tribes of Israel on DVD. Just make sure we get the correct name and the correct address, and you will receive it promptly. On another note, we might ask, please do not contact the seer. Email, phone, or text before broadcast or after. He's usually pretty busy with the WCC, the New York Station stockholder, Mr. Cigar Man, and answered many memos as most of us have seen. And even now, in addition to that, the Latter-day Saints. So please use the international line of 600-5579. If the question is legit, you will receive a call back, unless you call trying to teach. As I said, you'll only hear a discouraging dialogue. Now, if you happen to miss the beginning of our program, you can listen to the entire recorded show after nine to after ten thirty p.m. Just enter three words: Yaqua Radio Live. And after you click on it, look for Voices of the Trizolites, Tribe of Yadda, and choose the program that you were late logging into, or any previous day that you would like to listen. And also, that time correction that I gave is not 10.30. It is 9.30. So it's a bit earlier than what was stated. Also, during our normal broadcast, broadcast, we're also simultaneously transmitting on PalTalk, which can be logged in by your phone, tablet, or computer. Just download the PalTalk app. It'll be listed under ethnic group, African-American. Look for Voices of the Trizolites, Tribe of Yadda. Our room will hold 50 or more listening participants, where Yaqua's Word will also be working for your Bible education. On, on my there to answer any of the on-the-table topics we discuss during our broadcast will be Elder Mr. Tibbs Israel, along with Sir Israel, riding a shotgun. However, during this time, we'll be taking no comments off topic or any more than two text questions answered at a time. And the broadcast ends before teaching time, Teaching will continue on Pelto. Now, I'll be with you all. But that continuing reminder that I usually give, that when we were given scriptures to read by the seer, always remember to be quick to hear and slow to speak so the words of Yahweh will flow smoothly. Remember hundreds of thousands of listeners that came to hear the righteous words of Yahweh and not that of confusion. So we have to be careful not to make worldly statements that can't be backed up by the Bible. But make those statements that can be backed up in the Bible. Usually what we do is after our announcement, 
we usually pass our program back to our seer Israel. But it appears that we have some comments to make and a little bit of documentation to cover today. First of all, we have been talking about foods mostly all this week about health. The first item I'm going to cover will be about foods in the Bible. It might surprise you. Have you ever wanted to prepare a biblical feast? Perhaps you would just like to learn more about the different types of foods in the Bible. There are hundreds of scriptures and passages that describe foods and drinks and stories and feasting and eating meals. Some of today's healthiest foods were part of a biblical diet. These include olives, olive oil, pomegranates, grapes, which I think the seer picked up some today, goat's milk, raw honey, which we cover that also, lamb, and bitter herbs. The Bible also contains accounts of people eating highly unusual and supernatural foods with Bible research, you can almost make a grocery list consisting of spices, fruits, vegetables, seeds, grains, fish, fowl, meats, and among other strange foods and drinks mentioned in the Bible. They range in taste and aroma from sweet to savory pumpkin. References to these passages can be searched for each one that I mentioned in the Bible of different foods. First, I'm going to cover the seasoning and spices and herbs. Spices and herbs consumed as foods in the Bible were used for flavored bread, cakes, meat, soup, taken as a digestive aid. Culinary, the seed of cilantro, is known today to be a powerful anatoxin with natural cleansing qualities. Should be taking notes on this. All right. Anise, which is spelled A-N-I-S-E. This is covered in Matthew 23, verse 23. Coliner, which is mentioned in Exodus 16, 31, and again in Numbers 11, verse 7. Cinnamon, which is used for different things, even for lowering what you might call cholesterol, which is a pretty thing that we address today. This is mentioned in Exodus, chapter 30, verse 23, and again in Revelations, chapter 18, verse 13. Cumin, that's C-U-M-I-N. This is in Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 25. Mentioned again in Matthew 23, verse 23. Dill, that's D-I-L-L. That's also mentioned in the book of Matthew 23, 23. Garlic which is mentioned in the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 5. Mint, it's in Matthews again, chapter 23, verse 23, and again in Luke, chapter 11, verse 42. Mustard, in the book of Matthews, chapter 13, verse 31. Root, R-U-E, it's in Luke, chapter 11, verse 42. And surprisingly enough, salt which is mentioned in the book of Esther, chapter 6, verse 9. Esther, that's E-Z-R-A. And the book of Job, which is mentioned in chapter 6, verse number 6. Also, we have fruits and nuts. You guys should be taking notes on this stuff. I 
did a lot of homework on this, reading the Bible. Fruits and nuts. People of the Bible ate many of today's most nutritious superfoods. And this group of fruits and nuts, plumegrates, for example, are believed to have highly beneficial anti-inflammatory and antioxidant and anti-tumor properties. These include apples in the Songs of Solomon 2, verse 5. Almonds, which is mentioned in Genesis 43:11, and again in Numbers 17:18. Dates, D-A-T-E-S, mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 9, and again in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 3. Figs, that's F-I-G-S, mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 15, and mentioned in Jeremiah 24. Verse is one to verse number three. Grapes, again mentioned in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 10, and Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 24. And melons in Numbers 11.5 and Isaiah chapter 1, verse 8. Olives, which is mentioned in Isaiah chapter 17, verse 6, and Micah chapter 6, verse 15. Pistachio nuts, which is mentioned in Genesis 43, verse 11. Chronograms, which I mentioned earlier, are mentioned in the book of Numbers, chapter 20, verse 5. And Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 8. Raisins, which is mentioned in Numbers, chapter 6, verse 3. And 2 Samuel 16, verse 19. Flamor which is mentioned in Psalms, chapter 78, verse 47, and the book of Amos, chapter 7, verse 14. And then you have vegetables and luminates, which is mentioned. That God provided vegetables and luminates packed with nutrients, fibers, and protein to power the people of the Bible. In Babylon, Daniel and his friends observed the diet of only vegetables, which we talked about a couple of days ago. In the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse number 12, beans, mentioned in 2 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 28, and again in Ezekiel, chapter 4, verse 9, which are mentioned in Numbers, chapter 11, verse 5. Words, that's C-O-U-R-D-S, in 2 Kings, Chapter 4, verse 39. Leeks, which is mentioned in the book of Numbers. Chapter 11, verse number 5. Lentils, mentioned in Genesis 25, 34, and 2 Samuel, chapter 17, 28, and again mentioned in Ezekiel, chapter 4, verse 9. Onions, which is mentioned in Numbers, chapter 11, Verse 5, we also have a list of grains. Healthy grains were a Bible staple in Bible times. Grains are some of the easiest natural foods to keep preserved for years. One of these are barley, which is mentioned in Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 8, and mentioned in Ezekiel, chapter 4, verse 9. Breads, which is mentioned in in Genesis chapter 25, 34, 
Second Samuel sixteen nineteen and Mark chapter eight verse fourteen. Corn, which we covered a few days ago. Corn is a good item. Mentioned in Matthew chapter twelve, verse number one. Wheat or barley. Flour, which is mentioned in Second Samuel chapter 17, verse 28, and 1 Kings, chapter 17, verse 12. Millet, that's spelled M-I-L-L-E-T, that's in Ezekiel, chapter 4, verse 9, and snout, that's S-P-E-L-T, that's in Ezekiel, chapter 4, 9. Unleavened bread, which we cover sometime when we're really deep into discussing about foods on the feast day. Unleavened bread, which is mentioned in Genesis chapter 19, verse, 30, verse number 3, and Exodus chapter 12, verse 20. Wheat, which is mentioned in Ezra chapter 6, verse 9, and Deuteronomy 8, verse 8. Now, fish we covered also. Fish was another staple in the Bible. However, only certain fish and other seafoods were suitable for eating according to the Bible. According to Leviticus, chapter 11, verse 9, edible seafoods had to have fins and scales. And those of us that paid attention to the broadcast, we took note, we should know that. Shellfish was prohibited. Today we know that fish such as tuna, salmon, cod, red snapper, and many others are high in protein and healthy omega fats which can help reduce inflammation, lower blood pressure, and provide many other health benefits. And a fowl. These birds were considered clean and suitable for eating in the Bible. The partridge, which is mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 20, and mentioned again in Jeremiah 17, 11. Pigeon, surprisingly enough, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 9, and mentioned in Leviticus, chapter 12, verse number 8. Quill, which is mentioned in Psalms, chapter 105, verse 40. And Dole, in Leviticus, chapter 12, verse number 8. Now, animal meats is another section. According to the book of Leviticus, clean meats are those from animals that have a cloven hoof and chew the cud. Jewish that we mentioned, Yada, Y-H-D-H, dietary laws taught by Yaqua's people not to eat the blood of animals or any meat that has been sacrificed to idols. Calf, which is mentioned in Proverbs, chapter 15, 17, mentioned in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 23. The goat, mentioned in Genesis, chapter 27, verse 9. Lamb, which is mentioned in 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 4. The oxen, in 1 Kings, chapter 19, verse 21. The sheep, which is mentioned in Deuteronomy, chapter 14, verse 4. Vision, V-E-N-I-S-O-N. That's mentioned in the book of Genesis, chapter 27, Verse number seven. And the dietary products. 
which we have covered on our broadcast. These consist of fresh raw products from grass-fed sheep and goats, provided the dietary portion of the Bible or biblical diet. They consisted of butter, butter, which is mentioned in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 33, cheese, which is mentioned in 2 Samuel chapter 17, 29, and, and Job chapter 10, verse 10. Herds, which is mentioned in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 15. Milk, in the book of Exodus chapter 33, verse 3, and the book of Job chapter 10, verse 10, and Judges chapter 5, 25. We also have miscellaneous foods that were mentioned in the Bible. Many of these foods, such as raw honey, we covered a whole program on that about six months ago. They contain disease-fighting and energy-boosting nutrients, allergy defense builders, and probiotic support. They consist of eggs, which is mentioned in Job, chapter 6, verse 6, Luke, chapter 11, verse 12, Grape juice in Numbers chapter 6 verse 3. Raw honey, Exodus chapter 33 verse 3. And Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 8. Once again mentioned in Judges chapter 14 verse 8 to verse number 9. Olive oil in Esther chapter 6 verse 9. And again in Deuteronomy 8 verse 8. Vinegar, which is mentioned in Ruth chapter 2, verse 14, and again in St. John, chapter 19, verse 29, and wine, which is mentioned again in Ezra, chapter 6, verse 9, and St. John, chapter 2, reading the verses from 1 to 10. And that covers the lengthy shopping list that I had went through about a year ago, getting foods in the Bible and looking up their properties. The other thing that I wanted to touch on is some of the topics that we have discussed during our broadcast that some of us should have been taking notes on that also. This is on the Pope, the Catholic Church, what they generally do. Did you know that the Pope, as the seer said the other day, they give us all the stuff that uh, the descendants of Esau worship in the front of it, in front of their church, and when they go in the back, they worship the Black Madonna which they consider is a powerful figure in Catholic-generated teachings as a symbol of motherhood and protection, such as it is no surprise that the Pope has a special relationship with the Black Madonna and often includes her in his prayers. This strong devotion to the Black Madonna reflects the Pope's belief that she is a powerful source of divine protection and blessing through his prayers. The Pope seems to honor her as a symbol of material love and asks her for help in guiding the Catholic Church by praying to the Black Madonna. The Pope is also seeking to connect with the faithful and to remind them of the importance of generating her as an important figure in their faith. So I Yes, if you did all the research on that, you would be able to find that online. Most of this they try to cover up by refuting that information. We also covered the wedding ring. 
which you should remember from yesterday's teaching. It mentioned that the ancient Egyptians traditionally wore the wedding ring on the fourth finger of the left hand. And because they believed that the finger exposed the vena amoris, which is a special vein leading directly to the heart. Like some other uh, common Christian practices and traditions, the use of the wedding ring is not Christian in origin. Generally today, couples exchange wedding rings made of metal, of a durable quality, as a testimony to their expectation of lifelong relationships that is based on unconditional love and enduring faithfulness and unending friendship. The use for the wedding ring is not commanded in the Bible, and there is no indication that it was ever practiced in the New Testament. The use of the finger ring in the Bible was a symbol of authority, for example. When the pharaoh of Egypt promoted Joseph to a position of authority, he put a signal ring on Joseph's finger as a sign of his new authority in the land. And generally, if you do your Bible research and online search, you can find most of these topics that I covered. Like the other problem that the Catholic Church had denied, which is the last topic I'm covering. The wardrobe that the Pope wears or the high priest. You notice the headwear that they put on has an open in the center like a mouth. It used to be crude looking back when they first were the Roman Catholics. And they changed their appearance to be more acceptable in later years. And this was the worshiping of Dagon. When you look this up on the Internet, you'll find out they have it seriously refuted. They almost have over 200 or some denials on Facebook for that. You know, if you deny it once or twice, it would seem to me like it's acceptable. But over 200 denials? That's, that's pointing to that uh, something's really wrong there. They said, this false accusation of anti-Catholic Protestants are based on their weird imagination of comparing two different things which seemingly the belief is actually far from historical truth. And they're lies, that's what they said. And the article that I'm reading explains that the Pope and Bishop had, Dimitri historically has no connection or even rooted with this ancient pagan fishhead. They were really appearing to be angry with all these uh, refuted explanations that they made. So in saying that, I think I'll finally pass our program over to our seer Israel and hope that you're taking notes to educate yourself on the things that I have researched for Yaakov Osman. So at this time, I'll pass a program to Peter Israel and say, Hello, Yaqua. All right, Daniel, that was excellent on your part, and, that was, and that's the job of an ill anyway to enlighten uh, the teachers, and the teacher's job is to enlighten the father's father's job is oh, mother's, and the mother's enlighten the children. But uh, you made one statement, but... Um, you kind of faded out a little bit. I'm going to hear again. You said that wedding rings that came out of Egyptian, Egypt, that wedding ring, they started that. I don't know who picked 
who picked it up after who picked up on the Egyptian wedding ring? And you mentioned something about yeah, and I wanna hear it a little bit louder, based upon it's no biblical inscription where any of the children of the book followed the wedding ring practice until now. But see now we practice the wedding rings and men go out and work three, four jobs just to get a wedding ring <laughs> and we find out that that <laughs> came from where. So take your time once you bring that back out again for the national audience about exactly who picked up on the ancient Egyptian wedding rings and what year did they did it. And then we're going to take a look at some verses in the Bible. See, do we supposed to follow what other nations folks is doing? Bring that back out again. They ought to come out. Okay. I'll start at the beginning so we can get a complete coverage on what I was uh, pointing at. The wedding ring, which we covered yesterday, um, it was the ancient Egyptians which traditionally wore the wedding ring on the forefinger of the left hand because they believed that the finger, that particular finger, enclosed what they called the vena of Morris, a special vein leading directly to the heart. And like some other common Christian practices and tradition, the use of the wedding ring is not Christian in their origin. Generally today, couples exchange wedding rings are made of metal of durable quality as a testimony to their uh, expectation of lifelong relationship. And that is based on an unconditional love, supposedly, and enduring faithfulness and unending friendship. Also, it says the use of the wedding ring is not commanded in the Bible. And there is no indication that it was ever a practice in the New Testaments. Use of the wedding ring uh, in the Bible, a use of the ring in the Bible was a symbol of authority. For example, when the Pharaoh of Egypt, I mentioned, promoted Joseph to a position of authority, he put a signet, S-I-G-N-E-T, ring on Joseph's finger as a sign of his new authority in the land. And that's what it says. It's not commanded in the Bible, but that tradition came about in the 1400s. Uh, who, who, who revamped that information in the 1400s? Uh, put a name on who picked up that culture from the Egyptians, the sons of Ham, in about 4000 BC. So now who revitalized that? Who revitalized the the wedding ring on the finger, uh, it ought to come out. That was the Christian church. All over the Christian church revalidated that. And what year again? That was in the 1400s. Well, so that was around the time that Pope Nicholas V sent the children of Israel into slavery. We'll check on that another time. So that's excellent. So, and that's why we come on this broadcast humble to let you understand 
that we can't pick up ways of the other nation. That is a transgress. Because we were picked to do something different. And we want to also touch on a, a statement that a lot of preachers like to use in Matthew 7, verse 6. But we want to break that verse down, what he's really saying. See, remember, if you don't preach up your Bible, then you will always hear a cliche from a pastor. Then when you really check it, a pastor out on how he on inform you on certain words to say, like, last night lesson, come as you are. Then we found out that's not even biblical. That's something that's been passed down. Because he told you, you keep my law, statutes, and commandments, or I'm going to do you some damage. That's how he talked. One up, up, and away. So we we examine things to help those that will be part of the kingdom. To be part of the kingdom, you don't have to be a statute, laws, and a commandment people according to the Bible. Got it? Good. So um, the young line is already prepared to, and the better half already prepared to um, put some verses, I mean, put some some powerful reading on the table. So I just want to make sure we clear up. I heard you mentioned something about bread. That's the bread that they use, but we're going to show you the bread that, that, um, that was told by Yahweh. The bread that was told about him. Sure. After Elder, look at that Luke chapter 12. Verse 12 that yellow was And then we'll get the young line and this bell has to holler in that microphone a little bit after we hear some Luke 12, verse 12. What that say that? Elder Mr. Kill, Israel. Come on. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse number 12, it says, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. And, you, and don't and never forget that any ministry stand before you, they have to they have to submit themselves to the righteous spirit. That's where it starts. At. In that very same hour, if you legit, spirit will help you. But you got to be lined up with this Bible. You can't be just pre-saying a statement that once somebody finally investigated. And you find out you've been teaching me wrong. You're like, come as you are. So whoever used statements like that, over 900,000 strong on the international side. So if any of your pastors ever use statements, come as you are. You tell Mr. Mr. Preacher, I'll pay for my tithes, free will offering, donations, and I gave you my time to the ministry. But that's not biblical, come as you are. No, that's not biblical. Where you get it from? Then he's going to tell you, I got it from another pastor, another Christian pastor. See? Can't do that. Can't be just echoing things unless you echo what the Almighty says. Now, young man, I want to show exactly what learning we have to have about the bread. And that's why it's very important to contribute to ministry for land, school, banquet hall, and the radio station. Because land is to grow what we need to grow. And we got all the land. 
just have to get it. It's available. But we got to step up to the plate and get in where we've been in at. So when it comes down to making bread, so this is where the knowledge got to come in at. You got to make sure you want the Almighty's hand in it or whatever. Make sure you find a quote that he said it. Now, if he said it, now you go with that. So now in the book of Adam and Eve, uh, young line, uh, Titus, in the first yes, book, Adam and Eve, on page 46, I, I want to know something about bread making, but I want to make sure we hear from the man that made the man, Yahweh son. So we go on to uh, on page 46, uh, chapter 66, the first book of Adam and Eve. And, see, and we got to put our heads together and figure out how this is done. But we know I had done, but in the same token, we have to throw it on tape. Because remember, we got over 900,000 listeners all over the world. You understand something? Children of Israel did eat bread. But let's, let's see exactly what the Almighty said about the bread eating. Let's go to 66, particular verse number 8 and 9. We're going to look at first book of Adam and Eve, chapter 66, verse 8 and 9. Do you want to make sure the Almighty hand is in it? Let's see his hand in it, talking to your first mother and your first father, Adam and Eve. Let's see what, what he said to them in first book of Adam and Eve, 66, verse number, pick up verse 7. Let's make a little meal out of it. Seven down at verse yes, 9. Yes, sir. What, seven verse 9 there. You got a line, brother Titus. Come on. The book of first book of Adam and Eve, chapter 66, verse 7 through 9. First Adam and Eve, chapter 66, verse 7 reads. When the word of Yahweh came and said unto him, O Adam, go down to the westward of the cave, as far as a land of dark soil, and there shall you find food. Verse 8. And Adam hearkened unto the word of Yahweh, took Eve, and went down to a land of dark soil, and found there wheat growing in the ear, and ripe, and figs to eat. And Adam rejoiced over it. Verse 9, then the word of Yahweh came again to Adam and said unto him, Take up this wheat and make you bread of it and nourish your bodies with all. And Yahweh gave Adam's mind wisdom to work out the corn until it became bread. Hey, that's up. So you see? Well, Yahweh. So that's that, that your game changes. So, so it, it's a process to work out corn for your bread. So the bread that the children of the Bible eat, you know, Adam is the first fruit of human beings. So Yahweh showed him to go to the dark store and look for the wheat corn, but he was looking for what kind in what kind in twenty three, twenty five or Deuteronomy says, young lion, what kind? And 23, 25 of Deuteronomy. All right, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 25. Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 25. 
Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 25 reads, And when you came in, into the standing corn of your neighbor, what kind of corn? Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, y'all, all right? What kind of, what kind of corn that, uh, when you come into, what kind of corn? Standing corn. Standing corn. So the corn that he sent them down to the docks, where that wheat and corn was at, that was standing wheat and corn. See, when you, when you get a can of corn, that is processed corn. They got salt, preservatives all in it. You don't want that unless you just can't find nothing there. That's why it's so important that they, you chose to go down to the dark soil and get that standing corn. See? So you have to use the standing corn and you and you have to figure out how you turn that into bread. Because the northern kingdom knew that because when when the white man and the white woman came, second part of Shem's land called America, they noticed that the people was all of great age, but they were all standing straight up, and they were walking up mountains and everything. So it's in writing and said, well, how is they at that great age, and they got all that energy? They point toward the corn. And the women was over there making bread out of corn. So that is the bread that you eat. That's the number one. Because the word wheat and this corn is interchangeable. So he sent the angel down there to show him, Adam, how to make corn and turn it into bread. So that so now that's a project that the six anointed camps gotta figure out. And and that's a great thing. How to turn corn into bread. So that's the bread that they had. And remember Adam lived to be nine hundred and thirty six years old. Adam lived to be nine hundred and thirty six years old. Everybody in the Bible lived longer because they was not eaten what we eat today. And that's why we come home with the children of Israel. Listen, the problems that we have today never was of yesterday. And that's the reason why you got brothers now. They sperm count is very low because what they intake is, huh? they intake. So sperm was much powerful back in Bible time. Then now, you know why? Because now you're eating everything that's processed food, starch, you eat everything that's dead. See? And you wonder why your sperm is don't have the kick to it. Because your blood system is clogged up. You look at mud. If you see some thick mud, what would you do if you see some thick mud? First thing you do, you pour water in it, right? Thin it up. I say anything about your blood. You got to replenish your blood with water. You cannot go without water because your blood will get thicker than you have your blood pressure. The more you drink water, 
the more you can replenish your blood. Then you won't have the diabetes problem, uh, cancer problem, all these problems because when you start coming back to the Bible, which we've been teaching on all week, you, you ain't got to go worry about Doc Cook anymore because now you eating the way he on showed you, but you got to know who you are first. Once you know who you are as a people, then you'll make adjustments according to the Bible. But you got to know who you are. See, if you think you just African-American, Negro, and Christian, that's a religion. Christian is a religion. That's not a nationality. Do you know that the whole children of Israel, all 12 tribes, was reckoned according to first? Chronicles 9 1, that young line. Uh, how was the whole 12 tribes recognized? See, this is how they was recognized. Listen to the, the Bible. This is how they was recognized when you come, when they came among you, and when you came among them. Let's see how they recognized 9 verse 1 there, uh, young line. What does it say? Chronicles. We're going to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 9, verse 1. First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1 reads, So all Israel were reckoned by genealogy, and behold, they were written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah, who were carried away to Babylon for their sins. But they were all reckoned by genealogy. So that's how you reckon the children of the book, by genealogy, bloodline, not by religion. Religion is a man's hand in it. Remember, anything man's hand in it, it's not okay. Um, just to do is read that photo here in the national audience, that anything man's hand in it, it's not good. <laughs> Let's read that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, 11, and 31. Let's, let's read 10, 11, and 31. Let's see what this man is trying to tell us to understand something. If you catch man hand in it, listen to what Sister Judas is going to put on the table in Genesis chapter 1, verse 10, 11, and 31. What does it say, Sister Judas? Come on. Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, verses 10, 11, and 31. Verse 10 reads, And Yahweh called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and Yahweh saw that it was good. Verse 11 reads, And Yahweh said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit, their yielding fruit after his time, whose seed, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, that it was so. And it was so. Verse 31 reads, And Yahweh saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And the, and the evening and the morning were the sixth where the sixth day. So, so what, what, what you said, everything he made was very good. See, that's the point. Everything saw that everything he made was very good. See, that's the game changer. See, we want to know what did the Almighty make. And he letting you know, listen, you find out who made that. He told you everything he made was good. So there it is. But what kind of good? Very good. 
know, you want to find out where that is. So that means Adam is very good. Very good what? We read over here in the 66th chapter of the book of Avenue, he had um, he had something else in here that he had. It was very good. And it was uh, big. Big to eat. So when you go and visit the sick, the lame, and you want to bring them, bring them a basket of figs and fruit. Why? Because this was the Almighty made. And he said that was very good what he made. So when you start bringing other things that somebody else made, that's why your loved ones have all these problems, swole up buried and cancer all in it, uh, tumors, all type of disease in the body, it clogged up full of cholesterol. See? They puffed all up. That is the reason. Because you're not following the Bible and your pastor that sit around you, he ain't teaching you nothing in the Bible, but you're giving your tithe, free will, offering, and donations, and he ain't teaching you nothing. Because, listen, any time a, a preacher tell you, well, in your congregation of the preachers, I'm going to pray over the food, and we're going to eat it. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> How are you going to pray over something that the Almighty said not to eat or touch? Case in point. Let's go to Vinegar, Young Line, 11, Chapter 1, 2, and we'll skip down to verse 7, down to verse 12. See, listen to what the Almighty said. See, the key to it is, when you sit in the ministry, make sure that pastor is teaching you according to the Bible, not his cliché. Because remember, if you, you go into any congregation, Christian, Islam, and Judaism, Christian number one, is more sick people being a Christian. You know why they sick? We're going to show you why they sick. they sick in the body. They got more problems. Why? Because the preacher is not telling them what we give them children. So you know, and the preacher know you tell you who you are. They just tell you a African American Negro Christian. But you you understand that Pope Nicholas is the one that said if you don't convert in fourteen fourteen forty two, you tell if they don't convert to be a Christian and worship white man Jesus, sell them to well. Sell them, take them in slavery. See, you was forced into being a Christian. Do you know that? Your pastor ever told you you were forced to be a Christian? Look up Pope Nicholas the Fifth, fourteen forty-two, and see what kind of decree he made, uh, called a paper bull, on the on the children of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. If they didn't convert to be a Christian, they sold their kids. Then they found out they were faking, then they sold them too. To all types of islands called Tumate, we call it Thomas now. See, your papa parents thought like cats and dogs not to be what you volunteer to be today. So we come humble to show you, if you do the research on it, the last thing you'll be is a Christian. You understand what was given in your lot, like you understand what the, what the polar bear was given. The polar bear was given his diet. 
And what was his diet? He had quail and he had fish. You know, he was a bloody. <laughs> that's what he did. But the gorilla, what did he give the gorilla to eat? Fruit, vegetables, and herbs. Look how strong the go- gorilla looks. When he gets to eat what he do, he jump off in the tree. When the polar bear gets to catching them fishes and, and, and eating all them quail and stuff like that, he got to go get some shut out. See what I'm saying? But the, but the gorilla, once he gets to eating all this fruits and vegetables, he won't jump on everything. He, gotta, he won't do a whole lot of jumping, too. Because you know why? The lower part of his body is ready for jumping. Our lower part of body is stopped all up with a cholesterol. See? Blood can't go through. Uh-huh. You open your blood system up where you can do some some good things. Bring your energy back up. But you got to open your blood system back up. It's full of years of cholesterol, mucus, cholesterol. From eating what? Contrary to what he gave you to eat. Take the polar bear now and transfer him over to where it's cold and give him the the blood eating of the the other animal, the polar bear, and switch the polar bear and put him in fruits and vegetables and watch how long they'll live. See? So you need to know your diet, children of Israel, but you got to know who you are. You need to know your diet. You can't eat what everybody eats. Because you didn't give it to you. And that's why you got, look at the pills on, on your dress. Look at the time you got to go visit Doc Cook. You know why you got to visit Doc Cook? You don't have no diabetes in, in his Bible. You don't have no cancer in his Bible. You don't have no sugar. You don't have none of that. But when you broke the law, statutes, and commandments of your mighty one, children of Israel, all these things stick on you now. Okay? Then you bring a curse to in your house. You think you thinking that what the when you follow them, you think you're doing right, you're doing wrong. Follow the Bible. Take heed to what we bring to you out of the sixth anointed count. We're here to help you understand you don't have to be in this kind of trouble in the body, in the mind. All we gotta do is what the Bible says and do it. Now you gonna take this one. We're going to Leviticus chapter 11, 1, 2, 7, out of verse 12, and 47. What is that, young lion? Come on. We're going to the book of Leviticus, of the law, chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, 7 of verse 12, and 47. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1 reads, And Yahweh speaketh to Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, verse 2, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, these are the beasts which you should eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Verse 7 reads, And the swine, though he divide the hut, he be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean unto you. Verse 8, Or their flesh, shall you not eat, and their carcass, shall you not touch, they are unclean to you. Verse 9, these should you eat all that are in the water. Whatsoever have fins and scales in the water, in the seas, and in the river, them should you eat. Verse 10. 
and all that have not fed to scales in the sea and the river, of all that move in the water, and of many living things, of any living thing which is in the water, they should be an abomination unto you. Verse 11. They should be even an abomination to you. You should not eat of their flesh, but you should have their carcasses an abomination. Verse 12. Whatsoever have no fin, nor scales in the water, that should be an abomination unto you. Verse 44, 47, to make a difference between the unclean and the clean, and between the beasts that may be eaten and the beasts that may not be eaten. So you see that? You got to make a difference what you put in your mouth. You got to know what you put in your mouth. So you see now, if you if you send in a ministry and, he, and he's taking you to eat lobster and catfish and then you know one thing, you're in the wrong ministry. Because it's the, it's the shepherd's job to tell you, this is what you're supposed to eat. You're supposed to children of Israel. You're supposed to eat no shrimp, lobster, frog legs, octopus too, all that kind of stuff. you got to make a difference what goes in your mouth. See? The other nations can eat that. Because that's their diet. You think you... But look what he says in Numbers 15, 15, 16, uh, Sister Judas. Look what he says in Numbers chapter 15, verse 15 to 16. Numbers chapter 15, verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 reads, One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the strangers that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generation, as ye are as ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Yahweh. Verse 16 reads, One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. You see that? So, you can't follow them. They got to follow you because you're the one who's given the, the door of, as a matter of fact, we preach up that. Young man, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 6 down to verse 14. See, remember, we teach according to how he unfolds as he gives it to us. We don't have to be low and firm count and nothing else. But the reason why we low and firm count because the bottom line, look what you look what you put in your you put in your system. You put something in your system that makes you find not favorable enough to produce nothing. And if it do produce something, come out sick of with all types of ailments. And that be because of your firm, man. You can't eat what the other nations eat. If you want your firm to be kicking properly, you got to know how to detox according to the Bible, and how to have your spirit powerful enough, and then your better half have to be clean, blessed out too. She can't have that stuff in her body needs. 
So you got to teach her exactly how to keep herself prepared because when, when you bring the mandrake in and all the stuff that make that make things happen quick, you got to be prepared for it like you prepare the crib for the baby before we go to the hospital and bring the baby back. You got the crib already laid out, right? That's the same thing you got to do with your body. You got to get your body right. And you'll know when your body's right because you'll be going to play and move around. You won't be dragging your feet and you have an upbeat jump. But guess what? Even one thing in the Bible that makes you have an upbeat jump. Let me show you. Let me show you. Um, let me hold that part there, young man. Let me show you what's in the Bible. Yes, we have an upbeat. Show you what you got to do. Let's go to um, Psalms. Um, now, see, we can tell by watching those. We watch it. Who out there about some We can tell what you were doing. We can tell you what you're doing in the Bible because the Bible tells you exactly what you, you uh, In a relationship, you're supposed to have a, you know, serious relationship with you understand the order. But you got to have more of a plan with your spouse understanding, but you got to have something that go on to make it happen. So we're going to find out what makes, what makes these things happen. And you can notice when they're doing the right thing. And, they, you know, they have them kicking them over. Because they, and they follow the Bible. But um, hold that point, uh, young lion. Give me, give me wisdom of Solomon, chapter 12, 16, and 25. Give me, give me that first. Give me, give me wisdom of These books in here, your pastor's supposed to know about. Because in the Bible, it was 80 books before. In 1885, the prophet used to 14 books and gave you 66. So your pastor sent up there with 66 books. Then he was being a dark age. The Bible is supposed to have 80 books in it. The original King James, go online and look. Just ask your phone. The original King James 16 How many books was in that book, in that Bible? But I can tell you, 80. Well, why my pastor my pastor got for 66? Because he's been trained by the world to be. And see, you, you now get the proper benefit by being not having this understanding. Because everybody has plenty to say. And then they put in a, a, a word called a canon. These books goes in, these uh-huh. books don't go in. They you're not in position to change anything. He wasn't giving you from the get-go. But when we went into captivity in the brain, but being disobedient to the almighty Yahweh, don't let a man Y-W-H, he put the stranger over you until you wake up. He's trying to wake uh-huh. you up now. But we can know, we'll know when you woke. Because we'll watch you on the page of the book. We'll watch you. We'll make, like a last night lesson, we'll make inquisition on you. That means we'll spy on you from what you watch. We already know when, you, when you're on some Yahweh. Because we know how your spirit will be. You have an upbeat spirit. You don't have a backbiting, murmuring, complaining spirit. That's when the hand of Yahweh on you. But look what he says in 16, verse 12 and 25, what it says, you know what I'm saying? The Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 16. 
verse 12 and 25. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 16, verse 12 reads, For it was neither green herb nor modifying plaster that restored him to health. But your word, O Yahweh, which healeth all things. Verse 26. Verse 25. Therefore, even death was it altered unto all fashion and was obedient to your grace and nourished all things according to the desire of them that had need. So, um, you got to be obedient. So obedient to what? The word. You got to be obedient to the word. Now, we're going to watch the Almighty send an angel down from heaven. Kept old David to put something right. Let's see, let's see what he says in the 65th chapter of Psalms there, young man, verse 1 and 2. And then we'll skip down to verse 9. Let's mind down to verse 13. Now, 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 listen, now the angel came out of heaven to come down and talk with David. In 1000 B.C. Let's see what the conversation was all about. In 65, verse 1 and 2. Get down to verse 9, down to verse 13. The conversation all about the young lion. Come on. The book of Psalms, chapter 65, verse 1 and 2. Get down to verse 9 to 13. Psalm 65, verse 1 reads, Praise waited for you, O Yahweh and Judah, and unto thee, and unto thee, to the vow be performed. Verse 2. O you that hearest prayer unto you, shall all flesh come. Verse 9. You visit the earth and waters it. You greatly enrich it with the river of Yahweh, which is full of water. You prepare them cool when you have so provided for it. Verse 10, you waters the ridges thereof abundantly. You setteth the furrows thereof. You makest it salt with showers. You blesseth the springing thereof. Verse 11, you crownest the year with your goodness, and your paths drop fatness. Verse 12, they drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. Verse 13, the pastures are clothed with flocks. The valley also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. What, what, what do the corn make you do? They shout for joy. They also sing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who hands who in it again in verse number nine? And who hands in the corn? Verse nine. Verse nine. You visit the earth and waters it. You greatly enriched it with the river of Yahweh. Yeah, come on, give me some more in verse 9. Give me, give me what I'm looking for in verse 9. Which is full of water. You prepare some corn when you had so provided for it. So what, what did the Almighty prepare for his people there, young man? What do you prepare for his people? You prepare them corn. See, 
eat corn is a blood purifier, and it also will help you your immune system to be strong, you know, for your flow to go there. Corn, God, why? Almighty, he prepared corn for you. He prepared it for you. But remember, the corn he prepared for you was the corn that's what way in Deuteronomy 23, 25? What kind of corn now? Right, Deuteronomy 23, 25, back to Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 25. Deuteronomy, chapter 23, verse 25. When you come into, to, and when you come into the standing corn. Standing corn. See, the corn got to be the standing corn. That's why you got to make sure you grow. Uh, you know somebody got the field to grow the corn. Don't let the wicked one make nothing for you. Make sure, because he got a job to do. Remember, the wicked got a job to do too. They to keep you doing what you're doing right now. And that's why all Dr. Cooks is very happy because they got you by them because you going to do everything contrary to the Bible and then you got on your speed dial, Dr. Cooks. Cholesterol, Mucus, you're clogged up. Huh? You're not going to get yourself unclogged by eating an itty bitty piece of dead stuff. To get on your feet, you got to eat live food. To get back on your feet. You, to get back on your feet. If anybody you know is sick, you got to feed them live food. What the man tell you to feed? That's all what, 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 what the Bible tell you to feed them. That's what you do to get back on your feet. That's how you detox your body, by eating live food from the tree. That cleans your body out. And you drink plenty of water because, remember, your blood will get thicker like mud if you don't have water in it. So you always re-cleanse your, your blood. When you look around and say, what you want to drink? Go drink some water. Why? Because you... You lower your memory. If you go to the doctor and you got that thick blood in you, your reading's going to be wrong because you look at the thick blood you got and say, oh, God, oh, look at your blood pressure. It's over. See? Because your blood is thick because you have no water in your system. You ain't got no spring water in your system. See? You got to replenish your body in water all through the day. Because you're not active as you once were. So your blood going to be thick. It's like mud. You let mud thick, don't it get thick? But how you want to shake that mud up? You pour some water in it. Right? Just take a stick and move it around until that mud get all loose. Same thing about your blood system. You got to replenish your blood with water. Spring water. Not refurnish water.
his troops and vessels and everything. He want he he want to move around and die up the tree. Watch him. Watch when he get to eat. Now watch watch when we get to eat. What are we gonna do? Die on the couch. Oh, I'm not taking me a nap. You know why? You don't put all that dead food in. That's why you don't. I wake up with let me get a, let me get a, let me get a wake in first. See, anything put you to sleep, then you know that's what you don't supposed to totally rely on eating. If it puts you to sleep, if it gets you pumped up and get you um, give me give me Zachariah now, young man. You know, you see what gets you what gets you pumped up. So now, if you want to get your better ass pumped up, why don't you put the right stuff in the system? Stop putting that dead food in the system. When you're fixing his lunch back, make sure he got, you know, bananas, grapes, and his basket, some watermelon. Watermelon, flesh, all the garbage out there. You know? Put that in his basket. Stop putting all them wrapping dead sandwiches up and, and sit them down the road. And he's staggering all around. See? It's up to it, you, you, But you got to teach your better ass. What's the father? They don't know until you teach them. And that's what we come on to show you. See, we, 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 know, we know when a couple is upbeat because he is real. Zechariah 9, verse 17. That's what we'll see. 9, verse 17. What does it say? The book of Zechariah the Seer, chapter 9, verse 17 reads, For how great is his goodness and how great is his beauty. Paul should make a young man cheerful and new wine the maid. And new eyes to me. Yeah. So you see what make you cheerful? See, y'all are creatures corn to make you cheerful. Huh? Cheerful. You have an upbeat spirit. You got a lot of corn in your system. Y'all are creatures corn for you. And the, and the young men to be cheerful. There won't be no stick in the mud. They be cheerful. You see? Yeah, we'll leave that alone for right now. And we'll, we see mother coming to the stage. One of the mothers. Out of Cam Juan coming to the stage, uh, Mother D of Israel. So we know she, they look, see, I want to participate. I want to that microphone too. So uh, you bring Mother D of Israel in. One of the mothers out of Cam Juan. And uh, we leave by example and we come to help you. Over 900,000 strong international tribes, we're here to help you. But we don't have to be in this problem we have today. If we just return back to the Bible, another WCC said, "Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a cut off Mr. Kills and Mother D of Israel because I got the power to do it." Another WCC. Where's your radio station? So, um, what can I say? So, young line, um, okay, I'm a little back on, okay, all right. Where's your radio station for right now? See, sooner or later, we're going we gonna to come together as one, and we're going to have our own radio station, land, school, banquet hall, and we're going to help our people. In what? So we're in Yahweh. Hey, Moses of Israel, Yahweh be there, C. Royal. Yahweh bless you, C. Israel of C. Royal. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh, that Moses of Israel. Now, Moses yeah. of Israel, the people... They got a name on him. But let's see what the Almighty said that he was going to do 
JT. Let's take a look. We're going to Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, um, um, Sister Judith, give me Jeremiah 30, verse 4, just to get warmed up. And Mother, have me Jeremiah 8, 1 down to verse 12. Sister Judith, give me Jeremiah 30, verse 1, 2, 3, 4. Let's see what that says, Sister Judith. Jeremiah 30, 1, 2, 3, 4. Come on. Verses 1 to 4. Verse 1 reads. Yeah, get in that microphone. No, get in that microphone there, uh, daughter. Get in that microphone. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 1 to 4. Verse 1 reads, And where they came to Jeremiah from the Yahweh, saying, Verse 2, Thus speaketh the Yahweh, <laughs> Yahweh of Israel, saying, Right? Be all the words that I have spoken unto thee in the book. Verse 3 reads, For lo, the days come, saith the Yahweh, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Yahweh, and I, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Verse 4 reads, and these are the words that the Yahweh spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. Mm-hmm. These words concerning Southern Kingdom and Northern Kingdom. He say, right now, I can ask billionaire. What land is where you from? And we can ask billionaire. We can ask any pastor, any Christian pastor, right now. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Pastor, where are you from? What land are we from? You know what they're going to say? We from Africa. Mm-hmm. Africa. Is that what they're going to say? Do you know the word Africa didn't come into existence 202 BC? That's a white man's name. CPO Africana. That's a white man's name. That's when you right. call African, that was given to you by after taking over you. CPO Africano defeated Hannibal in a Punic War. And then he was giving Brett to name part of the land prior to the day. So when you call yourself African, African American, you know, we already know that you limited up understanding. So if, if you're going to be brought back to a land, don't you need to know what land that you came from? It's written in the Bible. What land you from? My fact, let me hold that point. Let me show you it's written in the Bible where you from. Um, uh, Titus. Yes, sir. Go to the book. Let's find out where our motherland. See, if you don't know who you are, any role would get you where you want to go. Not not knowing. So if you don't know who you are, you know what? You're gonna teach your family. And they say, Mom, hey Auntie, who are we in the Bible? Are we the Christians of the Bible? Mama, auntie, that's a religion. I'm talking about genetically bloodline. Who are we? You mean you've been paying that pastor all that money, tithes, free will offers, donation, and your time, and you don't even know what land you from? Mama, why don't you listen to the six and all that camps of voices over to Israelites and learn something and help us? Let's see what it says in 2nd Ezra chapter 10. Verse number seven. 
where to say that, y'all. Let's find out where our motherland is. Find out where our what? motherland is. Yes, sir. Ten verse seven. Go on to the second Ezra, the seer, chapter 10, verse 7. Verse 7 reads, How did Yadah Judah, our mother, is full of all heaviness and much humble mourning, very sore? So, 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 what, so where is the 12 tribes of Israel motherland at? Especially the southern kingdom of Judah, Israel, Levi. Where is the motherland at according to? In verse 7, y'all Judah, land of Judah. Land of Judah. So Benjamin and Levi and, and Simeon had to come back their way to the southern kingdom. That is your motherland. Now look at WCC say, fear is it a precept on that? Yeah, it's a precept on it. WCC, World Council of Churches. I'll go to Galatians 4.26. Yeah, that's a precept on it. Yeah, it's on both sides that's of the book. Well. Bible really is a continuation of right. It's no such thing as no New Testament, Old Testament. It is a continuation of right up to 96 A.D. And when John put his pen down in 96 A.D., the book of Revelation, the almighty story was told. Anything after 96 A.D. do not come from the almighty. It comes from Satan the devil. One second past 96 A.D. is not the Almighty's right. That's man's right. And he said everything he made and he saw, it was good. So whatever man has put in after 96 A.D., it's not good for you. It's not good for you. We told John in 117 through 19 and for one. John, right you here after. So when John put his pen down, his third was told. There was no such thing as no Christian at the time. But it was a prophecy of it that you were going to do something about that name. We might check, check it out a little bit later. But let's go to Galatians 4, 26. What did it say? Book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 26. But Judah, which is above his free, which is the mother of us all. You see that? Now you, now you see what your motherland is. Your motherland is Judah. You're the one that's called African-American, Negro in color, and super cool. And he called Christian, too. Your motherland is Ezekiel 5-5. What does it say Ezekiel 5-5? Let's show you what Judah is. Where is it located at? We're going to show you now. Because you got to get dropped off. This is where you're going to be dropped off, too. Ezekiel 5-5. Go to the book of Ezekiel to see it, chapter 5, verse 5 reads. Thus said Yahweh, this is Judah, and of Judah, as said, he's in the midst of the nation, and crunches that are round about her. Self capital of the world is where your motherland starts at. Self capital of the world, right in the middle around everybody. Your land is not on the edge. Your land starts from the center capital of the world. Judah is the center capital of the world. That is your motherland. So now when your grandbabies come over, you show them in the Bible where you from. You from the center capital of the world, the tribe of Judah. Judah is your bloodline tribe. 
Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, and Simeon is from the center of capital world. The other tribes of Israel is from the northern part of the world, of, of the land of Israel. You got it good. By us being disobedient, he sent Jeremiah concerning southern king and northern king. So now Moses, be of Israel, going to read exactly what he told Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah, go to the temple where all the children of Israel are at and get to talking with them and, and see if they're going to do right. Let's see what Mother's going to bring out in Judah and Jeremiah 8, 1 through 12. Mother, D of Israel, live the world listen. Come on. Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 1 to 12. Verse 1. Again, the word of Yahweh of hosts came to me, saying, verse 2, Thus says Yahweh of hosts, I have jealousy for Judah with great jealousy, and I was jealous for her with great fury. Three, thus says Yahweh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 1 again, because um, I assume you're not following you. Jeremiah 8, huh? verse 1. I'm not That's following what I you. Said, yeah. well, read I'm again. sorry. I'm, gonna... I'm sorry. I did you right. I'm in Zechariah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I turned it to that, but that went back to that. Some way or another. you right. Let me see. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 1 through 12. One of the most yeah. out of count one. Yeah, pick the time there, Mother World. It's, it's, it's ain't no more about, it's over 900,000 on the international side. Let's see you real carefully. 8, verse Jeremiah. 1. Come on. Jeremiah. Chapter 8, verse 1 to 12. Jeremiah uh, chapter 8, verse 1. At that time, says Yahweh, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of his prince and the bones of the prince and the bones of the seers and the bones of the inhabitants of Judah out of their grave. Verse 2, and they shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the hosts of heaven whom they have loved and whom they have served and after whom they have walked and whom they have sought and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor be buried. They shall be for dung upon the face of the earth. Verse 3. And death shall be chose rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family, which remain in all the place, whether I have driven them, says Yahweh of hosts. Verse 4, moreover thou shalt say unto them, thus says Yahweh, Shall they fall and not arise? Shall shall he turn away and not return? Verse 5. Oh, 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 oh
So the ones that going to open, unlock this Bible for you will be the tribe of Judah. That is the one that was ordained to unlock this Bible for you, Judah. So the path that you sitting up under, according to the Bible, he got to be from the tribe of Judah. Because when the Almighty, when the Almighty come back from heaven, look what he says in 12 verse 7 to Judas or Zachariah. He made a final statement in 12 verse 7. When he come back from heaven, he told the seer exactly what he's going to do and what he's going to do. Look what Sister Judas is going to read in 12 verse 7 of Zachariah. Listen to this. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 7 reads, Yahweh also shall say the test of Judah first, that the honor of the family of David and the honor of the inhabitants of Yadon Judah do not magnify themselves against Judah. Mm. So the other Bible tribes going to have to come behind Judah. When it's all said and done, that's why it's important to contribute to this ministry on land, school, bank, and all. Because it's going to happen. But every tribe of the other 11, once you find where you're from, must hook, line, and sink or get behind Judah. And don't magnify yourself behind Judah. Because Judah is the one he's going to come to. Now look at what they say. Here, where's, where's the biblical prophecy on that? Well, the biblical prophecy on that, uh, Titus is in the 49th chapter, verse 1, 8 down to verse 20. That's the biblical prophecy of it. The prophecy was told yes, by Bob. Exactly who was going to do what? It was told in Genesis 49, verse 1, 8 down to 12. Listen good. Latter day Saints. Listen good. Oh, in the 49th chapter, Genesis, verse 1, then we'll skip down to 8, verse 12. All right, we're going to the first book of the law, the book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 1, 8 through 12. Genesis, chapter 49, verse 1 reads, And Israel called to his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which should befall you in the last days. Verse 8, Judah, you are he whom your brother shall praise. Your hand should be the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Verse 9. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son. So I gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion, as an old lion who surrounds him up. Verse 10. The sceptre, rulership, shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet until your father's son come, until him. To the gathering of the people be. Verse 11. Bite in his fowl unto the vine, and his ass is coat unto the choice vine. He washed his garment in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Verse 12. His eyes should be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Nice. You see that? So that was the prophecy of the coming of. Yahweh the Son. And one thing about Yahweh the Son when he comes, 
Look what he said he's going to be having on in, in verse number 11. And then what kind of, did it tell you something else about to look for him in verse 12? See, the prophecy was told exactly who to look for, but you got to know who to look for. See, you're looking for somebody that's over in Israel in a Undertaker suit and a, <laughs> a black Undertaker suit and a, a um, Abraham Lincoln party hat on. Okay? <laughs> Pastor sitting around a three-piece suit on. That's not the Bible ways of this thing going to be. Guess why you got to send the right minister on the fan? The one you can look for, here go the here go the information you need on who to look for. Same thing that the woman understood what to look for in St. John chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 9. She knew what to look for because, you know what? She was taught what to look for. Watch what's read in the 49th chapter. First number, last two verses again, what, 11 and 12. Listen, listen at this uh, appearance of when he comes. What he, what, what's going on? 11 and 12, what, what it say? The book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 11 and verse 12. Genesis, chapter 49, verse 11. Binding his style unto the vine, and his ass is caught unto the choice vine. He washed his garment with wine, and his clothes in the blood of grace. Verse 12. His eyes should be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. You there? So you, so you, you see that? So you, so you see, the one that's going to come, he's going to have a garment on, and he's going to have red eyes. It was prophesied what he's going to be having, a garment on and red eyes. See? His eyes gonna be red because he's gonna drink a lot of wine. Cause, because he, cause he, they call him out back, they call him a wine dipper. You know what? Now he came from heaven and he had the word with these 12 tribes of Israel. It'll make you drink a whole lot of wine. You see it? So that's why he drunk too much. He drunk a lot of wine. Yeah. Y'all saw the son, the one from heaven, he drunk a whole lot of wine. Matter of fact, the, the religious leaders call him a wine dibble. Look at that wine dibble. Because he, he had him two bottles in his pocket. To put up with you, he's going to take some bottles in the pocket. You see that? So now, but hold on, let me, let's, let's bring Mother in. Another one of Mother is coming into the broadcast. I'm going to bring Mother Z and Mother E. Mother Z. And Mother, and Mother Z is going to give a commentary. You see, you keep on talking. And I'm going to give a commentary on what you're talking about in a little while, but let me hear something. Don't bring Mother E in, and another one of the mothers out of Camp 1. See, remember, the mothers in Camp 1 lead by example. And that's what we're about. We're about coming on this broadcast six nights a week. We come to help you. We don't come to hear ourselves talk. We come to edify you to let you know. If you got problems in your body, it's because of what you eat. And what, what you, and spiritually what you, what you, and if you don't know where your homeland at, but you know now, now you know where your motherland is. Now you know now. So what else you don't know? We're going to tell you and need lessons. Remember, no class Wednesday, but you go on Power Talk, and the young line's going to recap everything we're saying at 8 o'clock on Power Talk. So it's up to you. So we're here to help you. We're not anti-anybody. We're just pro-12 tribes of Israel. We have the message. 
We've been ordained to take care of you. Who ordained us? Him. He did it. Huh? He did. He read last, he go last night lesson. Remember one thing. In St. John 9, 25, my fact. Hey, hey, Mother E, y'all quite deep in the right? Yahweh bless Israel, for seed Roy, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Mother E, would you read the National Ordinance, St. John 925? We just want to explain ourselves to you. In 925, listen good what's written in 925. What is written in St. John 925? Book of St. John, chapter 9, verse 25. St. John, chapter 9, verse 25. Okay, St. John, chapter 9, oh boy, verse 25. Verse 25, read. St. John, chapter 9, verse 25. Yahweh answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The work, and you believe not the work that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. Well, I look at look at Saint John nine twenty five real captain. Got got plenty of time. Look at it real captain. Nine twenty five. Saint John chapter nine verse twenty five. I'm at the right place this time. St. John, chapter 9, verse 25. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know, that with prayers I was blind, now I see. And that was John Taylor. We ain't got to tell you what we're going, what we've been. But one thing about it, if you follow through this Bible, you will see that once you was blind, you're going to see Huh? What we on a storefront or what we on the street or whatever. The bottom line is what we come to do is bring you six nights a week how to help yourself to help your family. Got to say something? The time is short. Time is at hand. It's time for you to understand. If you don't get to the kingdom, the man going to bring you in the back. In the kingdom, it's going to be here. Not up, up in the way. Not a wrap. You ain't going nowhere. You want to trade to go nowhere. You right here on earth, Mr. Freak. So you get the friend. Well, where my little one at now? Well, she done told me she done made it. What she made it to? Up, up, and away. That's live on the sister. She ain't made no up, up, and away. She was crazy to be here on the earth. She's going to be in the ground until you wake her up. See that? That's just bad teaching. But we come to help you. But you gotta be wanted. You gotta want to be helped. But Christianity is not the way. Your whole fathers and mothers, what you just go look up Pope Nicholas the Fifth. What did he do to the ones that didn't want to be a Christian? Was Judah, Benjamin, Levi? And let let your phone tell you what, what they did. That's up to you. Hey, mother, give me a precept on that in uh, 13 chapter, verse eight, eight through ten. About this, this, this tribe of Judah, then we come back to Mother, we of Israel. Let's get another precept. She read a verse about in the eighth chapter, verse three. Judah was called an evil people. 
Now we're going to go a little farther because he's going to rehearse that right to that, Mother Eve. And it's 13 chapter verse. And what makes you an evil people? 8 down to verse 10. Let's find out what makes you an evil people. What makes you evil people, Mother? 13 chapter 8 down to verse 10, Jeremiah. Come on. Look at Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 8 to 10. Verse 8. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 13, verses 8 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 8 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 8. Then the word of the Yahweh came unto me, saying, verse 9, Thus said the Yahweh, after this manner, that I might the pride of Judah, and the great pride of Judah. Verse 10, This evil people which refuse to hear my word, which walk in the imagination of their minds, and walk after other Yahweh to serve them and to worship them shall even be as this girl, which is good for nothing. Wait a minute, Mother. You, you tell me the lead tribe that owes to be carrying this word, the Almighty told Jeremiah they are what, Mother? He said, it, what, what kind of people you call them? What kind of people you call them? This evil people. Evil people. Go ahead. Which refuse to hear my word. Now, you know who Judah is today? African-American and Negro. You're the one you call black, African-American, Negro. That's what he's talking about. One got all these many names that was prophesied to happen to you. That your name gonna be a byword of power. You be called by the name you call it now, as you respond to. Real quick, if they call you Judah, Judah, the tribe of the Bible, you 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 say you if you cuss me out, I put my finger out on you. You think you get cursed out when they call you Judah, but that's who you are. Twenty-eight verse thirty-seven reads: 
and thou shalt become an astonishment. Aston- astonishment, a proverb and a byword among all nations, whether the Yaquah shall lead thee. Mm-hmm. And a byword among all nations. They ain't gonna never call you who you really are. They don't call you right. call you right now. Christian, African American, Negro, color, and super cool. He said, by all the nations I'm gonna lead you to. Matter of fact, what are you gonna do in verse twenty five and sixty four there, uh, Judas? What are you gonna do in verse twenty five and sixty four? Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight, verse twenty five and sixty four. The Yahweh shall cause thee to be smitten before thy enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them, and flee seven ways before them, and shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. Uh-huh. Verse 64 reads, And the Yahweh shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other. And there... Thou shalt serve other false, other false Yahwahs, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. See that? He said, your father mm-hmm. knows about no wood. No. You know what wood is? It's about the cross. Uh, the cross. You, you go to, you got the cross, right? You got the cross just flashing, the passage in behind it. Your forefather knows about no cross. They know about no cross. Then all of a sudden you you go to the penitentiary and you graduate and you come you come to be um, a Muslim. Now you worship the, the copper stone with me, the black stone. Do you know Mecca was the lead slave trade for the, the Israelites when they tried to run? Your the first slave in captivity after you tried to run was in Mecca. Mecca ain't nothing but a slave trade. They go there, they get around the cobble, and they they whoop you into that. To be a Muslim, that's definitely. You go on your you go on your telephone and you ask your telephone, what was the lead slave trade for the children of the Israelites? Mecca. Mecca. The one you call Asalam and Salikum Salam. That was the that was the first slavery that you was in and that's how you got converted to being being Oxlama Lincoln. Because remember, even when uh, Malcolm X went there, the slave trade had just been here away two years before he even got there. It's still going on now in Libya. They have still got you in. You, you, do you know that? The Muslims still got you in Libya, still selling you today. They still just delivering you up today. When they when they knocked off Muammar Gaddafi and they took over the regime, taking over that opened door for slave trade to be to be at a high gear today. You over there too? You go to your computer and pull up slavery in Libya. You will see that was you again. You, you you've been because you are disobedient children. You don't know who you are. That's why you're Muslim, Islam, Judaism. You are you're Catholic, you everything. But the people of the book. Do you know do you know who come visit the captain? Do you know who come visit the head man in Rome every day? You know what? Bring out in the second book of the book of Enoch. Do you know who if you 
Well, imagine you a captain. Now, listen. The ten northern tribes. Very important. Catholic. Yeah, he is. The ten northern tribes of Israel. They are up in the Catholic religion. But do you know who comes visiting the Catholic church? According to the prophecy of Enoch. Enoch prophesied the soul that somebody's going to visit the Catholic church every day in the week. What are we going to do? 12th, uh, 2nd, 12th, 25th? 3rd book Enoch. Third book of Enoch, chapter 26. Third book of Enoch, chapter 26, uh, verse 12. Third book of Enoch, chapter 26, verse 12. Read. Why are they called seraphim? Because they burn sephiroth, the writing tables of Satan. Every day, Satan sits together with Samuel, the Pope of Rome, with Bebiel, the Prince of Persia, and they write down the sins of Israel on their writing table, which they hand over to Seraphim, so that the Seraphim can present them to the righteous one. Blessed be he, he sold that he shall eliminate to destroy Israel from the world. But the Seraphim know the secrets of the righteous one. Blessed be he, they know that how he does not want the people of Israel to perish. What do the seraphim do about this? Every day they receive the tablets from the hand of Satan. They burn them in the burning fire, which is near the high and exalted throne. They do this in order that the tablets should not come before the righteous one. Best be he when he is sitting upon the throne of judgment, judging the entire world in truth. Now what are you going to say? He said that every day, Satan the devil visits the Pope of Rome. Every day in the week. And he asked, he asked him, hey, uh, who we ain't got? He's the only one we ain't got is the six annoying camps and boss over to his life. We got everybody else. We got all the Christians because all of them keep it funded. All the Lord God and Jesus. We got them. Pope, the, Satan the devil, then Satan the devil, Ask the Pope what's going on with the children of Israel, and he gave him the note. He said, give it to me, I'm going to give it to the angel, take up the Yahweh to accuse him. It's okay, give it to me. They burn up, they ain't, get, they ain't taking that garbage from him. Because yeah. he lost his way, he can't go back up there and report no more. So he passed it on to the angel, and the angel burned that stuff up. He ain't getting he ain't reporting on the children of Israel. Children of the book. But do you know your Pope, the one that over there in the Vatican City, he was prophesied he'd be busy every day by Satan the devil, seven days a week. And I like the elder read earlier about what the Pope do. And when he when he tried to get a prayer, how he get a prayer? He can't get a prayer no way. But at least he tried. And we do. He go in the back room and and worship the Black Madonna with the, with. We came in the broadcast earlier, the elder read that black Madonna and the black baby that the Pope is sitting down there at Worcester, then you come back mm-hmm. outside and give you white man Jesus. Huh? That's right. And white Jesus in there. But when they go behind the door trying to get a prayer up, which ain't getting past the ankle, 
You know why he didn't pass the ankle? Let me show you why he's not getting past the ankle. Hey, Mother E, why did players not get past the ankle in, in the book of in the book of Proverbs 28, verse number 19? Verse number 9, just give me 9. Hey, Mother E, why did prayer is not getting past the ankle? Let's see what Solomon said in 28, verse 9. The book of Proverbs, chapter 28. Verse 9. Proverbs chapter 28. Verse 9. Proverbs chapter 28. Verse 9 reads. He that turned away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. So you turn away your ear from hearing the law, chapters and commandments. Every time you pray to him, your prayers, what mother, according to Proverbs 28, verse 9? Your prayers shall be abomination. You see that? So the Pope go back there and pray to the black Madonna and the black baby, to my Jesus and the black baby. But they pray and get past their ankle because they pray as a foundation to the Almighty. I look at the Catholic Church in New York saying, Dear, you got to give me a precept on that. Uh-huh. Hey, Mother, run to St. John 9 31 and get him a precept. Get a committee board out of New York City up on the big Kennedy Dolan a precept. <laughs> 9 31 of uh, Book called Saint John. Give me a precept. Saint John nine thirty one, my lady. This is Saint John chapter nine, verse thirty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saint John chapter nine, verse thirty one. Now we know that Yahweh hears not sinners, but if any man be he worships for Yahweh and doeth his will, him he hears. You see that? So you don't hear him now. See, the Pope is a sinner. The Pope of Rome is a sinner. They worship Sunday, the Lord God eat. And they eat hog. And they have you eat hog on January the 1st. They have all you come in and everybody eat hog. See that? They eat hog all the time. He is a sinner. The man that, that but he worships the black minority in the back door. They didn't come out there and show you the Lord God and Jesus. The Pope is a sinner. He worships Satan the devil that be used by himself. He out of order everywhere. But you know what? No never mind. And you have a good reason. But be up Israel. Now be Mosey up Israel. And the eighth chapter so the Almighty is talking to Jeremiah in 8 verse 3. Let's go ahead and read 8 verse 3 out of verse 12. Now we're going to be quiet until we get all this in. Now, Deuteronomy 3, Jeremiah 2. Hey, verse 3, Mother Read that verse 3 again, that Mother Now we're going to get that to the ball now. We're going back to 8 verse 3 again. Come on. 
inherit them. For everyone from the least even unto the greatest is given to covetousness from the seer, so that ain't seer, from the, <laughs> the, the, the preacher, <laughs> even, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. Verse 11, for they have healed the hurt of the daughters of my people, slightly saying, slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Verse 12, where they were, were their shame when they had committed abomination, nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation, they shall be cast down, says Yahweh. against you from far and from the ends of the earth 
as swift as the eagle flies a nation whose tongue you shall not understand. Verse 50. A nation of fierce continents which shall not regard the person of the old nor show favor to the young. Learn not the ways of the heathen nation. Be not dismayed 
at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Three, for the custom of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. He said, you see, they do. He said they do the Christmas thing. They do that. They're going to do Christmas thing. He said, but he tell you, children of Israel, don't mind that way. Now, you know, by being a Christian, you know they got Christmas. They got Christmas. They got gifts given and trees, burning lights going on. But he telling Jeremiah, he said, tell Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, don't learn their way. Look what we'll learn. We'll learn their ways even now when we go and try to get married. We'll learn their ways. Them ways do not come from the Bible about putting a ring on your finger and going down to city hall and put a ring on your finger. No, they didn't come from the Bible. They didn't come from the Bible. That's, he tell you don't learn your payment. That's what you did. The ring come from the Egyptians understanding and they passed and the Romans taking from there and, and the Christians from there. They don't want to give you that ring to put on your thing on a certain hand. But like the hell said, that's not biblical at all. He tell you don't learn anyway. And now now we got others they well, I gotta work fifty time. Why? I gotta buy my uh, <laughs> wife a ring. A ring. The ring come from Satan the devil. See The ring has come from Satan the devil. That ain't the way Yahweh told you for a relationship to, to know, to be upon a relationship in Yahweh. We got to show what the Bible is saying, not the ring. That's the Egyptians and the descendants of Esau, the white man and white woman, picked up in the 1400s. They one got you wearing the ring on certain fingers, and you look at somebody eyes, would you check this and you do this? All that comes from Satan the devil. <laughs> Ring. See, he's trying to save you. You could have taken that same money that you bought that ring and put down on a house or something, or a car. But you put that by a ring, and that ring got 55, 1, 2, and 3. This is what will happen. Hell, give me 55, 1, 2, and 3, and that's what will happen. And Isaiah, and, and then give me your five and see what happened. When, when you, when you Put that ring on her finger, and she put it on your finger, and do what you did, what you did. Isaiah 55, 1, 2, and 3. What does it say? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Yo, everyone that thirsts, come ye, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Ye come and buy wine, and milk without money and without price. Two, wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for which is satisfied not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. Three, incline your ears and come unto me. Here your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. He said, he said why well, spend that money for that was not bread? It is no profit in all, once you do any type of research, that marriage ring on your better hands and you got on your hands from Satan the devil. It was an invention from Satan the devil to the Egyptians 
And when the white man took over the Romans and the Catholics took over, they took that same uh, tradition in the 1400s and now took it to a high level. Now you got to have a ring so you can get married. All it from Satan to death. So that ring on your finger, remember one thing, it's an abomination to Yahweh. We read that last night lesson. So look at last night lesson, this lesson, you see a ring on your finger from Satan the devil. So you can flash it all you want to flash it, but it's from Satan the devil. Yahweh said it's not biblically, and he already wasn't just biblical. So if it ain't biblical, you put it on the paper. He told you everything he said was good. So if he didn't make that, what is that? If everything he saw he made was good. That ain't how the marriage is up in the Bible. The marriage, you up on the now city hall and all that is up on the same the death with the red. Ella, which one was the same of Ella? You want to come out? Once again, Yaquan Bush, you see Israel, and thank you for bringing me back. And I probably would pass out a reminder that to remember what we said about the Pope wishing the black Madonnas in the back room and talking about the white person in the front room, which is not good. Also remembering your wedding ring, which we did look up to determine that it is not commanded in the Bible. It is a Christian practice and the traditions of wedding, which is Christian in origin. As I said, it's not commanded in the Bible. So we have to bless the seer for this knowledge, bless our researchers out there that do the searching for the Bible and bring it back to the temple. I will say hallelujah. Hallelujah, bro. Excellent. All right, we're going to bring Mother, Mother Z in. Mother Z, she also give a commentary on what the alcohol has for the okay. See, we come to help. See, we spend our money, but that was not bread. The marriage in the Bible got nothing to do with nobody putting a ring on. And, and, and he, we read last night lessons. I'm a judge you according to a ring. So we, what do you mean by I'm a judge you according to a ring? He knows if you got a ring on your finger when it's time to judge you, he's going to burn you to side. And we read that last night lesson. So that ring you did is for nothing because you, you're in the wrong ministry. That stuff's coming from the Egyptian. It's coming from the Roman Catholic Church, the Christian that picked up on that. And Satan already told you he was going to deliver you up in the 57 chapter with the young lion on read 1 through 11 in a minute after Mother's commentary. Hey, Mother Z, no mother out of, out of Camp 1. Y'all probably be there see right. Yeah, well, bless and keep you see Israel of all your seeds. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Mother Z. Mother Z, we don't say a lot. And we can back with everything we're saying, scripture-wise, so we're just going to tell the night just get the time and uh, play to them. The clock come up. I'm, I'm just going to read uh, in um, Nehemiah chapter 13, and um, I'm going to read verse 1, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 12. On, on that day that, on that day, they read in the book, of Moses in the, the words at I don't know a of the people 
and therein were found written there the Amorites and the Moabites shall not come unto the congregation of Yahweh forever. And I'm just going to skip down and read verse 12. Verse 12, Nehemiah 13, verse 12. They brought all, then brought all Yagda Judah the tithe of the corn and the new wine and the oil unto the treasure. <coughs> verse uh, 13. And I made treasure, and I made treasure. <laughs> treasures over the treasures, Shanai, I don't know all these names, the priest, and Zodak, the scribe, and of the Levites, Pennyhead, and next to them were Ananiah. The son of Jebedeus, the son of Matthew, for they were counted faithful, and they offered, and they offered, and their offer was to the Hallelujah. 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 
Neither will I be there. Neither would neither would there be any deliverance from my hand until the day promised by you, by your Yahweh. Verse eight. Again, he said, "It as much as we do not know the day agreed upon you by your Yahweh, nor the hour in which you should be delivered, or that reason where we multiply war and murder upon you." And your seed after you. Verse 9. This is our will and our good pleasure that we may not be one of the sons of man to inherit our orders in heaven. Verse 10. We'll add to our bow, O Adam, it is in burning fire, and we will not seek our evil doing. No, not one day, nor one hour. And I, O Adam, to show fire upon you when you come into the cave to dwell there. Verse 11. Then Adam heard these words, he wept and mourned and said to Eve, Hear that he said, that he would not fulfill all of what he told you in the garden. Did he really did became king over us? Mm-hmm. He said, If anybody listens to my counsel, he become king over you. That's what he said. Now, Sister Judith, let's preach let's, let's something about our, how do how do Satan become king over you? Let's preach up that in uh, Matthew chapter four, Sister Judith, eight to ten in the closing statement. Let's uh let's preach up that. Let's find out how do Satan become king over you? He says, anybody accept my counsel, I become king over them. Because you don't want to do what the Almighty said. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let, let's examine yourself to see if your preacher got Satan on it, over him, or he got Yahweh over him. Let's find out. We're gonna find out right now. He said, "If anybody take my counsel, you gonna fall. Like I fell, you fall, and I'm your king now, Adam, because you listen to me." Preach up on that about Sister Judas in the closing statement. And Matthew chapter 4, verse 8, down to verse 10. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. Verse 8 reads, Again, the devil taking him up into an exceedingly high mountain and sought him all the kingdoms of the world and the honor of them. Glory of them. Glory of them. Verse 9, And say unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Verse 10 reads, Then saith Yahweh the Son unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Yahweh, thy Yahweh, and him only shalt thou serve. Right. And him only you can serve. Oh, okay. Hold the Satan, that's what That was excellent. Hold the Satan, catch them all on that big, big station called Cow Shop, and o'clock tomorrow. I'm coming from Matthew chapter. 6 verses 9 to 13. Verse 9 reads, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Hallowed be your name. Verse 10 reads, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. Verse 11, Give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12, And forgive us for our 
as we as we forgive our debtors. debtors. Verse thirteen reads, "And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever." Hallelujah, 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 Find out. 
Hey, Mother E, what it says that we can read in the closing statement, Mother E, and um, the book called St. John 14, 29, 30. What you got to say behind that, Mother? Come on. The book of St. John 14, verse 29 and verse 30. Verse 29. And and now I have told you before it comes to pass that when it is come to pass, you might be me. Verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. He said, the prince of this world is coming. He ain't got nothing. That's saying the devil. He's going to come. He gonna, everything that's in the Bible, he's going to alter it. Now, you better find out soundly what he altered. He said, coming, and he ain't got nothing in me. If I tell you what day I want you to worship him on, me on, he's going to tell you, no, we're going to do it on this day. So what day are you worshiping on? What name are you called? Who are you worshiping? Biblically. Who are you worshiping? Call the family that mother. Catch the wings tonight or on the big station tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Come on. Oh. I just want to uh, read uh, three verses out of the book of uh, Adam and Eve, chapter 20, verses 1 to 3. Then Adam wept and said, O Yahweh, remove us to some other place that the serpent may not come against again near us and rise against us. Yes it's fine it's fine the handmaid he alone and fear her for it for its eyes are hidden and evil. Verse two But Yahweh said unto Adam and Eve. Henceforth, fear not, I will not let it come near you. I have driven it away from you, from this mountain. Neither will I leave it out to hurt you. Verse 3. Then Adam and Eve worshiped before Yahweh and gave him thanks and praised him for having delivered them from death. Hallelujah. Matthew's 
12, verse 8, the Almighty is Yahweh of the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day, you're going to find out. That's what, that's what day he's Yahweh of. So it means he Yahweh of the Sabbath day. That's what, that's what he, he's over that day. Luke 6, verse 5. Luke 6, verse 5. Go to the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 5. The book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 5, read. Luke, chapter 6, verse 5. And he said to them that the Son of Man is Yahweh also of the Sabbath day. Sabbath, Sabbath day. So he's Yahweh of the Sabbath day. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. So the one up in the up, up in the way, the Father and Son, they are ordained the Sabbath day for worshiping. Mark 2, 27 and 28. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. Go to Mark chapter 2, verse 27. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath day. Verse 28, therefore, the Son of Man is Yahweh also of the Sabbath day. So he said he's Yahweh, he is the, like the word of you, Christian church, he's God of the Sabbath day, which is proof of Yahweh. So he's Yahweh of the Sabbath day. So what day are you keeping? Um, well, we understand the Sabbath day is, let the be there tell you what day. For your first job, uh, working as an intern with yeah. Will Smith, yeah. you say to them, yeah. look, I have to have the Sabbath yeah. off, yeah. which may I just confess that I learned in my first meeting with Devon, all these years I thought the Sabbath was Sunday. Yeah. I've been going to church. We say worship on the Sabbath, worship on the Sabbath in the Baptist church. And you corrected me. You said, no, Sunday is the first day of the week. Yeah. Sabbath is Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. That's right. That's I right. stand corrected. <laughs> Amen. So you go to your first job yeah. with Will Smith yeah. and say, look, I'm really excited to be here, but, but I have to have Friday. Friday night sundown, Saturday night sundown off. So if your preacher is telling you the blessed day is, is why are you not coming to the blessed day Sunday, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning? Your preacher is, is a minister of Satan. Sunday is the wrong day. Everything in the Vatican City, they worship Sunday. That is of Satan and devil. That's not of Yahweh. That's not what we call the true name is Yahweh, which you call Lord God and Jesus. Because remember, they just spoke no English. They English was not a, a language even thought about to 449 AD. It became a official language in 1382. At that time, the Bible was closed in 96 AD. They never knew nothing about no Lord, God, and Jesus. The name is the four letter Y-H-W-A. And that's the only name Acts 412 got for salvation. So now, so we find out that he's um, Yahweh the Sabbath day. So if you're not keeping the Sabbath day, let's see what he got written for end time prophecy. Let's go to um, young line. We're going to the 22nd chapter of the book called Revelation. And we'll pick up verse 7. We'll take it on down to verse 21. And we'll get a closing statement out of you. 7 all the way down to verse 21. Let's see what he got, what he's saying to John in 96 AD. And when John put his pen down, the story was told. The story was told. 
the world was story told. We're going to find out right now from 7 down 21. Come on. Go on to the end time prophecy, the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 7 to 21. Revelation chapter 22, verse 7 reads, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the saying of the prophecy of this book. Verse 8, And I just saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship in the feet of the angels. Which show me these things. Verse 9. Then said he unto me, See you do it not. For I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the seers, and of them which keep the saying of this book. Worship Yahweh. Verse 10. It is unto me, Till not the saying of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. Verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Verse 12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work should be. Verse 13, I am the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Verse 14, Thus are they that do his commandments, and that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gate into the city. Verse 15. For without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth, make it a lie. Verse 16. I, Yahweh the Son, have sent my angels. To testify unto you these things. In the churches, through the word for the whole congregation of the children of Israel. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that hear it say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Verse 18. For I testify to every man and woman that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, Yahweh shall add unto him the plague that are written in this book. Verse 19. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, Yahweh should take away his part of the book of life and out of the righteous city from the things which are written in this book. Verse 20. He which testified these things said, Surely I will come quickly. Hallelujah, Yahweh. Even so, come. <laughs> Yahweh the Son. Mm-hmm. Yahweh. Give me a precept in, in 14, verse 3 of there. You know Revelation. Uh, he say, you know, you got to deal with this thing. Listen to say in 14, verse 3. You go on to Revelation 14, verse 12. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12 reads, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of Yahweh. 
and the covenant of Yahweh the Son. So that's the patient of the saints, the saints and children of Israel. Hallelujah. Is keep the command of Jackson. That's the end of the book. Can't go no further than that. So we ain't done away with Mr. Preacher. You just started and Satan the devil by going to worship on Sunday. Simple as that. And another thing going to get you in trouble. Leviticus 23, 23 and 24 said what? You know what I'm All right, we're going to Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 23 and 24. We're going to the book of Leviticus of the law. We're going to the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 23 and 24. Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 23 reads, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, verse 24, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a righteous gathering. A righteous gathering. And that's nation we pulled out of peace day. Where you pull that from? Numbers 29, 1 and 40. Numbers 29, 1 and 40. This, this is what you saying about the peace day coming up next week, next Saturday night. Going to the book of Numbers, chapter 29, verse 1 and verse 40. We're going to the book of Numbers, chapter 29, verse 1 and verse 40. Numbers, chapter 29, verse 1 reads, And in the seventh month of the first day of the month, so you have a righteous gathering. You should do no sorrow of work. It is the day of blowing the trumpets unto you. Verse 40 reads, verse 40, and Moses told the children of Israel according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. And what happened in 2 Chronicles 31, 5 through 8, and when he told the children of Israel, the people of the book, what did they do in 30, 30, 2 Chronicles 31, 5 through 8? What did they do? You know what I'm All right, we're going to 2 Chronicles chapter 31, verse 5 through 8. Go to Second Chronicles, chapter thirty-one. Second Chronicles, chapter thirty-one, verse five through eight. Second Chronicles, chapter thirty-one, verse five. As soon as